So today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Is that okay with everybody? Everybody say, it's okay, Pastor. So today, I want to try something a little bit different. I know we usually, I'm um, usually up there with the pulpit, and I got my slides, and I have this whole thing. Uh, but I want to share a little bit here, just for about 10 minutes, I want to share something that I feel like the Lord has just kind of put on my heart, and then I want us to have a time of prayer for our nation. So how many of you would say that no matter what happens, our nation needs some for real prayers, right? Awesome. I'd like to invite all of you to be participants this week. I want to invite you to join the action. And so I'm going to share just for a few minutes, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer for this nation. Cool? All right. So I want to tell you a brief story from the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, it's one of my favorite books in the Old Testament, and it's really relevant for us today. So has anybody heard of Daniel in the lion's den? Comes from Daniel, yeah? Anybody heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah? Some popular stories in the book of Daniel. Well, the Lord put this certain story on my heart, and it's not one of the most well-known stories. It's from Daniel chapter 2. You don't have to turn there or anything. But here's what happened. So uh, Daniel and some of his friends, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and others, they find themselves outside of the land of Israel that for various reasons God had handed them over to the Babylonians. And so Daniel and his young friends, they're sort of surrounded by people from all these different nations, different cultures, and they find themselves living in the midst of a world empire and a world superpower. Now, for you and I, when we read the Old Testament, I can tell you that America is much more like Babylon than it is like Israel. America is a big world empire where there's all sorts of enticing idols which lead people away from worship of the one true God. And the people of God find themselves in this culture which is hostile to the one true God, and there's these different nations and kings, and it has this huge geopolitical influence over the whole region. And the whole book of Daniel is about kings rising and falling and empires coming and going and shifting political climates. And it sounds maybe a little bit like our situation here. So there's this story in Daniel chapter 2 where the king has a dream, King Nebuchadnezzar. And he has this dream and it's very disturbing. So he wakes up and he's kind of shaken by it. So he calls all of his wise men and his court officials and his magicians and he says, I want you to interpret the dream. And they say, all right, sounds good. Give it to us. And he says, not so fast. Not only do I want you to interpret my dream, that's too easy. I want you to also tell me my dream and the interpretation. And then he says, if you don't, I will kill all of you. Like you do when your friends can't tell you your dream and interpret it for you. So... The guards begin to spread out and they start finding these wise men and one of whom is this young wise man from the land of Israel named Daniel. And Daniel says, all right, let's just put the sword away for a minute there, buddy. Give me a minute. I can figure this out. And so he, he tells Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he says, listen, y'all, you need to pray like you have never prayed because our lives are for real dependent on this thing. So they're praying, Daniel's praying. And it says, in the night, he had a vision 
And in the vision, he, he saw the dream and the interpretation. It's pretty cool stuff, right? So he goes before the king. He says, king, don't kill anybody. I, I feel like I have seen from my God what the dream and the interpretation is. He says, here is your dream. He says, in your dream, there was a huge statue, giant statue. And the head of the statue was made of gold. And the chest and the arms were made of silver. And the stomach area and the legs, the, the thighs, they were made of bronze. The lower part of the legs was made of iron and the feet were made of clay. And then he says, as you were looking at this statue, there was this stone which wasn't shaped by human hands and it crashed into the feet of the statue and the whole statue, all these precious metals and these valuable things, they all crumbled into dust and the wind blew it away and there was nothing left. There was nothing left except the stone which became a huge mountain which covered the whole earth. Pretty cool, right? Pretty disturbing, potentially. So Daniel says that was the dream. Now here's the interpretation. He says the different parts of the statue represent different world empires and superpowers. He says you, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. But he says after you will come another nation, an empire of silver. And then he goes through and there's these four or five different empires here. And he says, the stone, because it was a stone made without human hands, it speaks of God's kingdom. And God's kingdom, a day is coming when the kingdom of God will overcome all the other nations, even all these other world empires and superpowers, and even your empire, Nebuchadnezzar, and the kingdom of God will not only overcome it, but it will far surpass all the other empires and it will fill the whole earth. How many of you know that's a seriously awesome dream? I just have weird dreams where I don't even know what's happening half the time. That's a sweet dream. But you see, here's why I love this story. It's why I love the whole book of Daniel. Because the book of Daniel is written to the people of God living in the midst of a hostile world superpower and it reminds them that no matter what kings come and go, there's a kingdom that will last forever. See, the kingdoms of this world, they're like gold, they're like silver, they're like bronze, they're shiny and pretty. And you see, to the casual observer, God's kingdom just looks like some casual rock next to the beautiful empires and nations of this world. And yet, Daniel says, that it's that, it's that hidden kingdom which looks like something casual, it looks like something ordinary, which will actually, actually far surpass all nations on this earth. You see, for some of you, this political season has been trying and challenging. It, it looks like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have won. I know there's still some pushback from Trump and there's all this wonderful controversy. But 
It's looking like Joe Biden has potentially won. I know there's all sorts of legal stuff and counting and all that great stuff has to go on. But I want to tell you today, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, I want to tell you that if your candidate won, I want to tell you there's a better kingdom. If your candidate lost, I want to tell you there's a better kingdom. If you don't care at all, there's a better kingdom. Because there's some people in the middle, y'all. Whatever side you find yourself on, I think we can all agree that politics can be exhausting. You know why? Because if your candidate loses, it's outrageous, it's infuriating. You can't believe those psychos on the other side. <laughs> Come on now. We're pre- that's, the, that's the loudest I'm, amen I've ever gotten right there. <laughs> but even if your candidate wins, it's exhausting because you're worried about keeping them in power. And let me tell you, the kingdom of God is different than every other kind of kingdom because it's a kingdom that is not built by human hands. See, gold looks real pretty. Silver looks real nice. But it's maintained and built by human hands. There's a process of refinement, of purifying, of shaping and molding, and all of that is great and wonderful. But today, I'm inviting you as your pastor to rest. I'm inviting you to rest in a kingdom that is not built by human hands. I want to read to you a few verses here just briefly from the New Testament. Here's what Timothy says. He says, first of all, then, I urge you that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and for all those who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. He says, pray. Pray for all kings, all those who are in authority. And let me tell you, I know some of you feel like Donald Trump and Joe Biden are the worst humans that have ever existed, or at least one of them is. But let me tell you, if the early church can submit to Caesar then you and I can submit to Joe Biden or Donald Trump. It doesn't say submit when it's somebody that you like. It doesn't say submit when it's somebody that you voted for. It doesn't say pray for the people from your party. We pray for all. And so my heart, however this series ended, I felt like whatever, whoever wins the week after the election, we're going to pray for that person and that government. See, pray, it says, that you and I could live a peaceful and quiet life. See, that's, that's where the real power is. The kingdom, we talked about this the last couple weeks, the kingdom doesn't expand because some government leader forces people to change from the top down. We talked about it last week. The law can't change anybody. What changes people is when the Holy Spirit softens somebody's heart, when the love of the gospel begins to change somebody from the inside out. So the politics of the early church was, just pray that whoever's in power lets us get on with the real work. 
Pray that whoever's in power lets us carry on with a peaceful and quiet life. One more, Titus here says this. Paul tells Titus, remind your church to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey and to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind, always showing gentleness to all people. Now, I don't know about you, but that verse does not describe my politics. I'm just being real. I'm just being real this morning. He says, for that we would submit to these leaders, those in authority, and that we'd slander no one, avoid fighting, that we live in kindness, that we're known for our gentleness. Come on, Paul, we don't want to be known for gentleness. Give me something cool. Give me some passionate topic to fight for. But you see, that's not the way that the kingdom grows. That's not the way that the kingdom expands. It's through our humility, through our love, through our compassion for all people. And so, whether your candidate won or lost or is winning or is losing, I want to tell you there's a better kingdom. And one day, as great as America is, America one day will go the way of all empires. That it will rise, that it will peak, that it will decline, and that it will fall. And one day, power will shift elsewhere. Now, I hope that's not today. I hope it's not in our lifetimes. But you see, that's what the book of Daniel is all about. It's that when you feel like this certain thing, this political certainty is turned around and turned upside down and nations rise and fall and leaders come and go, there's a better confidence for the people of God. It's a confidence in the stone that's not made by human hands. If you really think about it, you and I are on the other side of the globe, thousands of years later, worshiping the God of Daniel. You and I are living right now, this day, November 8th, 2020. You and I are living in fulfillment of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. We are living in fulfillment of Daniel's interpretation of that dream. That you and I are an outpost of that mountain. You and I are an outpost of that kingdom to Cortland, Ohio. We're living in the fulfillment of it thousands of years later. Why? Why? Because God will build his kingdom.